Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, a show where two former roommates and they were talk roommates. about a new movie every week. This week on the show, we're talking about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's getting pretty tough coming up with new illnesses. <coughs> it's a little childish, but then so is high school. Annie, you're not going to school like this. Call if you need us. They bought it. How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? Bueller. Cameron Dave. Get dressed and come on over. Bueller. He has been absent nine times. Bueller. My father spent three years restoring this car. I guess that's my dad. What are we going to do? What aren't we going to do? I'm your host, Corbin's Vocal. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Cody Webb. Not sure who the Cameron is or who the uh, Ferris is, but uh, it's always good to have Cody on the show. Cody, what's going on? Yeah, appreciate the intro, man. Um, I'll tell you what, I think we're both, excuse me, I think we're both a little bit more Camerons than we are. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, excited to be here. Going to be a fun episode, but uh, got a great movie to talk about. Yeah. Great movie and a great guest for the first time on the show, joining us, the star of my short film, Contactless. Jack Laub. Jack, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? We are doing well and we are happy to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yep. Yeah, so and uh we really do have a star of one of our mitts as well. I mean, contactless. I gave it a five star on Letterbox. Uh you can go check out the reviews, yeah. obviously. But um, yeah, excited to have you know the main guy of uh you know Corbino's passion project. So welcome to the show. Oh, it was so much fun to be part of that. It was great. <laughs> it was great. And Jack's acted in a ton of little uh, short films at Purdue and he always does great work. Uh, Jack, I know you got other stuff going on too, as well. Uh, mm. Do you want to just kind of, I, I know you do some stuff like good time, you know, tell the people what's up with that. Just yeah. Them over so, there. <clears throat> yeah. So one of my uh, friends from back in high school uh, started a YouTube channel. It's been two, three years ago now. Uh, and uh, one of the shows that he's been doing is a weekly morning uh, kind of, it's more of just like a, a casual sit down questions from the audience, uh, just recapping pop culture, stuff like that. Uh, it's a good time. It's called The Bum. It's uh, currently we're wrapping up this, uh, the third season this week, uh, uh, 9 a.m. weekdays. Uh, we'll have our last show Friday. And then next week, uh, don't quote me on this yet, but I believe we're going to be changing the time till noon so we can Ooh. get some more people on the West Coast to tune in. But yeah, uh, it's uh, it's been a great time doing that so far. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, give us an at. Tell the people where to follow you. Oh, yeah. Follow us on, uh, let's see, YouTube. The, the channel is just called Good Time. Uh, I believe the Instagram handle is uh, good, at Good Time Media. Um, and then, uh, or sorry, at Good Time Content. Uh, and then Good Time Media on TikTok as well. Awesome. Yeah, it's a fun follow. I've uh, I've seen some of the stuff you guys have been doing. Haven't been able to check out anything live, but it, it's a good time. So, oh, yeah. and you know that Cody and I, we, we like to have fun too, make stuff. You guys, that guy, he he is dedicated. There's a lot oh, yeah. of stuff going on over there. So it, it's not just that show. So um, yeah. it's a whole world. And uh, so shout out to shout out to good time. Yeah. Also, Jack's a great letterbox follow as well. Uh, <laughs> him and I both on. Hey, Cody, I don't think you're following him. I don't think I follow him. I follow him. Oh, yeah. uh, we, we trade some <laughs> likes back and forth on there. And uh, it's a good time. Letterbox is where it's at. Yes, definitely. All right, let's get into the movie. Why? 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 Why did you pick this movie, Jack? Yeah, so this is my favorite film of all time. 
I just, there, there's something about it. Uh, I, I, I'm not really sure what exactly it is. It's kind of like a, a comfort food to me. Like I, I just turn it on, uh, you know, maybe I've had a bad day. Maybe I'm just like looking for something fun and easy to watch. And it, it's just uh, every time I just pick up on little things here and there, just quotes or uh, jokes, crowd reaction shots. Um, that I just, uh, I think it's really fun. I think some of the themes they touch on with mental health, making the most out of each day, stuff like that. Uh, it, it really resonates with me. And so I, it's just my favorite film of all time currently um, could change, but uh, that's where I'm at with this one. I think like, this is one of the, if you, if you tell me this is your favorite movie, like I, I think you're a great person. What do you <laughs> think, Cody? Do you agree with that? I it's, like a green, that. it's a green flag movie. Yeah. For me. <laughs> We've talked a lot about red flag movies, but I think this is definitely a green flag. Just, it's just like pure fun. I think yeah. that's the best way to describe it. Um, and yeah, like I think especially it's fun to talk about as well because there's so many like little moments and little details that you can keep going back over and over again. So I think it's a great pick. Um, I probably wouldn't categorize it, you know, in my like top 10 or top 20 or whatever. But for like a top movie, I think that's a great pick to have as well. Just like based off character. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get into our initial thoughts. Good morning, Vietnam! And uh, I'll, I'll kick it off a little bit i agree this is just a great pick overall it's a fun one there's so many great little jokes and ad libs and tiny little moments and one-off scenes that kind of just happen that keep things going and it's extremely rewatchable you can come back to it time in and time again and like you said catch something new every time you can pick this movie up halfway through and watch the end of it you can watch the first half one like it's so easy to just go and just watch a little bit of it and it's so easy to return to. So that's something I just love about it. Cody, I'll throw it over to you. What do you got? What are some thoughts you have initially? Yeah. I mean, kind of bouncing off that, like the construction of this movie, I think is pretty interesting because obviously all it's all surrounded by just Matthew Broderick's just charismatic, iconic performance. You could definitely throw an iconic thing, but I mean, in general, it's sort of just like a lot of little things tied together that you kind of wouldn't expect. So, I mean, you have the art scene, you have the the parade scene. I can't think of the word parade for some reason. You have the principal doing slapstick in the backyard. I mean, you have the police scene. It's kind of just like a lot of random spots, but it's all like sewn together. Pretty interesting, I, I think, as well. But, I mean, the chemistry of the cast along with Broderick, I think, is, as well, is, is very, very good. So, I mean, I'm pretty high in this movie just from a construction standpoint as well. But I do want to throw out, I think it's a little overrated. I'll play uh, Devil's Advocate. You got to be the hater. Yeah. <laughs> I ripped apart our last movie, but I'll, I'll be nicer this time. But um, for the pedestal that this movie is on, I do agree. I think if I saw this movie when I was like 10 years old for the first time, this might be my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> but uh, I think I saw it for the first time like a year or so ago. I do have some issues with it. But I mean, overall, this movie is hard to pick at. You do have to be nitpicky. I'm sure as we'll see, but... I'm a fan, obviously. How can you not be a fan of this movie? But yeah, that, that's most of my initial thoughts. Jack, what do you think? Just going back to this, I forget how good everyone is uh, in all of their different parts. You know, Ferris, Cameron Sloan, obviously the court trio, but even like the, the side characters, Grace, uh, Ed Rooney, uh, the Bueller guy, like they're, they're, everyone is so great in all of their different roles. And I, it really, it's it just each, uh, each scene, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot this scene's in the movie. It, it's just like, all sorts of different uh, moments that come together and I think just really make for a great story. And I think there's a good tension throughout it too. 
uh, comedic moments. Um, there are some things that if I could get nitpicky, yeah, well, we might get into that later. Um, we, we can definitely talk about that. But overall, I mean, I just I always have a blast watching this. Oh, we'll definitely get a little nitpicky in a bit. But before <laughs> we get before we get there, um, I want to say, you know, it was really cool for me as someone who's just kind of moved to Chicago and has been living here for a couple weeks now. And I'm only going to be staying for a couple more and then moving on. But I, I really have always loved this city and kind of being here in the summer. While this is obviously during the school year, it's still like a beautiful day in Chicago. And like them being at the Sears, Wells Tower, whatever you want to call it, Wrigley Field, the Art Institute, just being in the city in the summer. Uh, I think I have a new appreciation even more so for what this movie has, because there is kind of a magic to it a little bit. And it's a really cool experience just kind of walking around and, and just being being a part of it. Uh, the other thing is like there's parts of this that, that almost feel like a heist movie to a certain degree where it's like not in the sense of like it's a brilliant plan by any by any means like it's pretty simple plan by Ferris but everything goes exactly right and everything falls into place perfectly just like in the Ocean's Eleven that everything is perfectly planned out like everything works this case is a little bit more uh, magic and you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit. But I think it still kind of has that similar interest. And I, and I love a good heist movie. So I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's what I got to say. Yeah. I mean, instead of like planning it all out, it's just like based purely off his charismatic, you know, personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like everything I mean, it's, the power, it's the power of a, a handsome white guy. I don't know. It's really what it is based off. <laughs> I mean, of. even in school, like everyone, he's got everyone wrapped around his finger at school at all times. Uh, love this character, but that is funny. It, it is like similar to like a heist movie in that sense but he's just heisting every single person in the movie. But he, he gets a little, he gets away with maybe a little more than he should for sure. <laughs> but Hey, Matthew Broderick, I don't know. In, in the eighties was magical. Let's hit roll credits, roll credits for the next category. And uh, Cody, I'm curious, uh, start us off, you know, anything, what are your thoughts on the title or anything yeah. with the credits you want to mention? I did want to bring up the title. I think I, it might be the weakest part of this movie. I think mm. you could have gone a lot of different directions. I mean, they went with the obvious one, <laughs> which isn't always the bad choice, but, uh, you know, points off. For it's accurate. Yeah. At the very least. It is very accurate. It's also never really said in the movie, which kind of sucks. So kind of over two in this category. I do like the title. It, it is iconic as well. Like I, I'm probably going to say that word a couple more times, but the poster I think is perfect as well for this movie. Just throw out there as well. But yeah, kind of disappointing. They never say it, but you know, it is what it is. You can't win them all, I guess. I mean, I, I think you're forgetting the the classic quote. Uh, what are we, some kind of Ferris Bueller's Day Off? <laughs> I missed that one. Yeah. It's the John Hughes deleted scenes. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably like uh, after he tells everybody to go home. That's what they throw that one out there. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. All, all great movies do say the title. And what can I say? Contactless. It is said. It is. It, let's. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Back, throwing it back to that um jack what you got any other uh, thoughts about this roll credits uh opening i mean it's it's fairly standard i mean it, it, it's like an iconic like opening scene for the, all that i don't think they do anything unique with the credits there but like i think i gotta say the uh having a scene play over the closing credits mm -hmm. isn't something you see all that often it's usually interrupted uh like they'll have end credit scenes in marvel movies and stuff like that but it's rare that you'll see a scene play out for the duration of the credits um, so I thought that's pretty interesting. I, I think that's something that um, should be done more. It'll get people to stay around more. Uh, I don't know. I, th I thought it was pretty fun. 
Yeah, it's cool because sometimes you see during credits like a blooper reel or something like that or a deleted scene. This is really kind of like an extra thing. Something I read was that the girl that he sits next to, her credit rolls in the closing credits before she even comes on the screen. Oh, really? (laughs) Which is kind of unique. That doesn't really happen very often. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, there's also the scene after that, the scene, the actual post credit scene. Did Cody, did you watch that? Which one? The Matthew Broderick one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Deadpool ripoff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the Deadpool ripoff, of course. Yeah, he just comes out, he's like, you're still there. Continuing the fourth wall breaking. This is kind of a predecessor to uh, this movie. Well, I don't know which one came out first, actually. This movie or Forrest Gump. I'm sorry. This movie came out first. Yeah. So Forrest Gump, the, the whole bus scene is just a ripoff of, of <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about that bus scene many times, but I think this is the true, you know, origin of the scene. So that's cool too. I'm not quite sure I see the uh, correlation there other than there's buses, but <laughs> I actually, at one point I kind of, this movie, he kind of has a Forrest Gump-like quality to him in the sense that oh. he's just like a magic man that like goes around and does all these insane of it. Like he goes in a parade and he's he catches a ball at the game like all this his dad keeps showing like all these crazy coincidences happen and he he's kind of i mean he has a whole movement save ferris it it it, there's forrest gump kind of you know maybe draws a little bit on that for sure let's move on to stupidest part you stupid we said we were gonna get nitpicky and uh we'll make Uh jack get a little nitpicky first so uh what do you got what's the stupidest part about ferris i I gotta say i I, this the scene that every time i watch this movie again i'm like oh right this is in it uh i i'm not a huge fan of the whole slapstick with the the dog and mr rooney i -hmm. think there there's maybe like one too many scenes of it it gets a little childish to it i mean the movie is a, a bit childish but i think that just makes it a little too goofy in my opinion but i mean it's fine uh, it's it's not too long uh it's there but i i feel like it was kind of unnecessary i completely agree that was on the top of my list as well i think it is a little bit too long where he's like taking off his shoes and then, you know he steps again in the mud it's all over socks and it gets the hose and the dog comes back again but yeah slapstick wise i think like the shorter the better sometimes and like the dog stuff at the beginning is funny where he's got like his head through the door and then it charges him. But maybe it does go a little bit too long. But then like the payoff at the end with the bus, I think it's hilarious where he takes forever to turn and, and make the decision to go on. So I think it's kind of just a little bit maybe too much fluff in the middle. Yeah. I think it was also just a case of like, we need to occupy this dude for enough time to where it makes sense that he's not like he doesn't just get into the house. Yeah. You know, Cameron, that dude really just kind of gets over his sickness pretty quickly. <laughs> like, it's a major thing. He's, like, deathly ill. And, you know, he he has a rough day for sure. But I, I feel like his sickness doesn't really uh, come up again after he leaves the house. Maybe it truly is a case of mind over matter, but also maybe just a little let's fluff past that agreed that's just another story point where it's just like you forget about it like you get it yeah yeah yeah. like it's to get you to point like from a to b to c you need to have that but then it's like once we're past it we don't necessarily need it so yeah i agree the big one i wanted to shout out basically it's when sloan's coming out of the school and um you know supposedly (laughs) her dad's picking her up and then they just like full-on start making out I feel like that's a big time red flag for my man Rooney and probably pushed him on, you know, a little bit harder than he could have. But uh, I mean, just like, <laughs> just like, uh, you know, sense wise, I would say that that's probably the dumbest part, but still funny, but probably on Ferris's end, that's like, come on, dude, you're an idiot. But yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, the, the other thing I wanted to just mention was 
I mean, just in general, the whole save Ferris thing, the fact that it's one oh, day. I love that. That's it, my favorite yeah, part of the movie. It's it's great, but in reality, like if you're thinking about it, how does that information spread so quickly? <laughs> it's a really popular guy. It's in the newspaper that his dad reads. It's on the cup sign. That's on the saying. cup sign. You know, it's on a water tower. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part of the movie. I, I mean, you're just you know, explaining the best part. But yeah, you're right. It's dumb, but I love that so much. Well, if you want to talk about your favorite part of the movie, why don't we go ahead and go over to favorite scene, Cody? She is very gorgeous to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you can name off a lot here, I think. Um, my personal favorite is the Rooney uh, prank call where just the moment where he thinks he's actually talking to Sloan's dad and they start running around the office and his receptionist is like trying to act like him on the phone, <laughs> just yelling nonsense. I don't know why, but that scene always kills me. Um, and then as well, uh, like the run home, I think is again, ridiculously iconic. You still see like commercials today uh, parodying that a little bit, but um, just Jennifer Grey, absolutely flooring <laughs> after seeing him. I think it's hilarious. I think like the best comedic moments really stand out in this movie and um, the run home where he's jumping over people um you know stealing that guy's can always kills me so wanted to shout out that scene as well i think him running home is just a classic like iconic scene from this movie um and you and you really can't beat it cody i agree i agree completely. what's your favorite scene jack oh my gosh it was so so hard to pick this i mean and i'm sure my answer changes every time you know the intro is so iconic you got the art museum the the twist and shout i mean there's so many good scenes uh i'm gonna have to go with for now it, it's got to be uh, the whole Cameron scene with the Ferrari in the garage uh, and his his whole speech before that about not letting his dad uh, boss him around like that. And then he finally like has to face uh, his father like there's no way he can hide all that. And I, I think it's just like a great moment for character growth uh, and change. And it's it's just uh, it's just iconic. And the whole like m- 30 seconds to minute of silence after the car <laughs> flies out the window and goes, well, shit. <laughs> I just, I, all of that is just great to me. There's some incredible pacing right there in that scene and just like a great sense of drama and also like a little bit of comedic timing in there. And it's fantastic. And that's just like the shows that it was made by people that really knew what they were doing. Oh yeah. I got to give a shout out just like in general, this movie deals so much with a lot of great themes like that. Like the stuff with his dad, is fantastic i think even the stuff with ferris and his girlfriend and like the young love and he's like oh marry me even when she like leaves he's like yeah i don't really know what's happening like she's still in high school i think that stuff's really interesting the idea of just cameron in general just like needing that day off needing to go out needing to to live it up the sibling dynamic the younger older sibling that stuff is like incredibly accurate it's a stereotype to a certain degree but like Ferris gets away with so much because he's the younger sibling but at the end of the day like his sister has his back and and kind of saves his ass um, so there's a ton of great stuff throughout this movie. Um, and then just, you know, for a fun scene, probably just like the 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 most fun to watch for me is the parade. You get the the German song, which then Cameron and Sloan talk kind of during that, which there's a nice little character development moment between those two. And then, I mean, twist and shout. You can't beat it. He's he's like, he's just lip syncing. Like, it's not even, <laughs> it, it's so crazy that it's like such a fun scene when he's like literally just out there lip syncing and the crowd is getting into it. and 
there's a ton of shots there's like real construction workers that they use shots of that were just dancing to the music that was playing in the streets and it's just a such a cool moment with all the people coming together and when we think about like COVID and the pandemic and like the kinds of movies that are being made now seem so small and people are so dense and you don't get these huge crowd shots um not with real people for sure it's cool to see that in a movie and it's cool to think back to you know maybe some of those times they've started to come back of course but the power of movies right true and um yeah I, I love that scene as well i mean that's the scene i feel like that embodies this movie the most if you just pluck that out and showed it to like 100 people i think every single one of them would be like yeah i want to watch the rest of this movie just the the pure joy that comes out of that and it is just like him lip-syncing and dancing which is so weird i think but it fits perfectly i think to his character and, and the movie as well yeah i did uh want to ask you guys because we haven't really talked about the art scene I didn't know whether to put it in great or bad because that's the that's the thing if you if you pluck it out you're kind of like okay I'm not too sure what this is but in the context of the movie I think it is like low-key very very good so I don't know I, I'm kind of mid on it I don't know what do you think Jack do you do you love that scene do you think it's okay I don't know what yeah I, I love the scene I think it's I think it's like a nice change of pace yeah. um because a lot of the stuff that they're doing are like the traditional like oh we're gonna have a ton of fun we're gonna go to the baseball game we're gonna go to this high this fancy um uh, restaurant and all that but then they take the time to just kind of like sit down and explore in a, a museum which just seems opposite to his character but I, I don't know I think it's something about slow like I mean he says life moves pretty fast you gotta slow down but all, that that whole quote but they they take them uh, the moment to, to really slow things down in the middle there and kind of look around and appreciate uh, the little things. And I, I think it kind of runs in parallel with the movie's themes. If I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on this. I don't know if that was in the original script. I think that was added later. Um, I, I could be wrong on that though. Not sure, but I, I mean, I, I can understand the, like the need for an addition like that. It, it's a great point that you bring up. It really, it kind of parallels, like you said, the theme of, stopping waiting looking around enjoying life and they kind of have that perfect day where it's like they have the fun they do the crazy stuff but then they also like take the moment to reflect and learn and kind of grow and appreciate some fine art and like Cameron has a real moment there you know yeah. the, the power of art there you go you know John Hughes singing its phrases go to a Cameron museum has a lot of Chicago yeah. has great museums I can say that go check them out learn a thing i bag it they should have gone to the shed aquarium but you know whatever hey you could find yourself staring into a tank for a while too so well, that's facts turtles all day baby <laughs> <laughs> let's talk filmmaking we are full sail university we take dreams serious i had one small thing okay and we kind of talked about it already uh it's just like fourth wall breaks and okay, I think well, that was my big thing, Cody. So. Oh, <laughs> well, let me talk a tiny bit about it. So, I mean, obviously, it's become a lot more popularized today, but I feel like this kind of is like the first mainstream media to, to uh, evidently not going for, but uh, I don't know. I think this movie really set the standard for fourth hall breaks. And I mean, the thing I wanted to point out, obviously, you get that with Deadpool, which um, probably is like most known for it now, but evidently they're doing it in the new She-Hulk series as well which i think is kind of interesting so uh marvel's ripping off you know ferris bueller as much as they can which is understandable but <laughs> i do like the fourth ball stuff a lot but i'll throw it over you teach you i'm sure you got a lot more to say about it yeah i mean i was kind of just going to generally talk about that and uh, give you a little 
history lesson. This kind of goes back to the idea of suspension of disbelief. You have to understand that this is a fictional universe, right? This dude is literally turning and talking into the camera. He's like a, a magic charismatic man who can do anything he wants. Um, and that's, I think, where the fourth wall stuff really comes in and really plays well. Uh, Dennis Dirido in 1758 was the first person to ever have a, uh, a fourth wall break in, in a piece of theater. So there you go. 1758 was the original fourth wall break. Um, I can't tell you the first time it came up in movies, but it was very early on. Um, obviously other popular examples. I mean, you have the Wolf of Wall Street. Leo's doing a big Ferris Bueller thing there personally. <laughs> Deadpool, like you mentioned, Fight Club even uh, as well. It, it's interesting to see that Hughes kind of chose the, or decided to go with that. Um, in comparison, like a movie like Breakfast Club is just using narration, which is kind of like a fourth wall break a little bit. Like if you think about it, if you if it's the character really narrating the movie. Um, but I think this direct style to the camera plays into both the silliness of the story and also kind of the idea that like Ferris is so smart and so self-aware that like he even knows he's in his own movie and he's like a part of it. And He's playing to it. Matthew Broderick said about the fourth wall break, to be perfectly honest, when I read the script, I didn't get it. I said, it's all these monologues to the camera. What is this? So he wasn't quite a fan, but I think it it really works out. And a lot of those moments, yes, there's jokes. Yes, there's funny things. But there's also a lot of like explaining who Cameron is and what's going on with Cameron. And I think it's an interesting way to kind of really introduce that character. And then he may be the most important character in the movie. True. And they have a lot of stuff about Sloan as, as well. It's It's kind of just like, Matthew Broderick explaining his relationship to it with like his closest friends. So I think it's a cool way to just like move the characters along as well without like super clunky like uh, exposition and stuff. So yeah, John Hughes, masterful stuff, I'd say. Let's move on to weird movie details trivia. Naked grandma! Naked, huh? Cody, you want to kick it off? What do you got for us? Yeah, sure. <laughs> My questions are uh, not great this week, but we'll roll with it. I got a couple. First off, Going to test you on some Charlie Sheen trivia, which we have not talked about at all. So, question is, and there are no choices, uh, what was Charlie Sheen's character's name in the sports classic Major League, one of my all-time favorite movies? I mean, he goes by Wild Thing. I don't know what his character's name is. Okay. I think you should accept accept that. Possibly. Jack, do you have a a guess possibly? I I have never seen the movie. I'm going to go with... (laughs) I'll go with Ace. Ace. Good guess. Uh, I'll give Corbin like half a point there. Uh, it is Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn. So uh, <laughs> classic. He played in the California Penal League for a couple couple years for stealing a car. Yeah, Charlie Sheen. I I always forget in this movie, so I wanted to bring him up. <laughs> that's an, that's an episode right there in the future. Major League. That's <laughs> that's a classic. I'm done. Jack, we'll throw it over to you. Yeah, my question is, when they shot the movie, how old was Alan Ruck? Mm. Hmm. That's a tough one. I'm guessing he's on the older end, if you're asking this question. Alan Ruck is in succession now. I know that. Yes. <laughs> he plays the older brother, I believe, I think, right? Mm. The oldest, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think he plays the oldest brother. I've seen like three episodes. But yeah. <laughs> and he's dating a prostitute. Right. Aries. Yeah. yeah. Would you like the, uh, would you like a, a hint? Oh yeah. We like hints. <laughs> he was older than Toby Maguire was when he played a high schooler in Spider-Man. <laughs> oh man. It, we're getting up there though. Like Toby uh, Maguire was like 26. <laughs> uh I'm gonna say he was 
28. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say 28. I'm going to say 25. I'm going to give it to Corbin. He was closer. It's 29. 29. 30 when the movie was released. He was 30 in this movie? Wow. When it came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. That's insane. That's actually insane. Let's hear your question, Corbin. <laughs> so first part, I mean, I have a bunch of stuff, but the first thing, every license plate in this movie is other except for one is a title of other john hughes films oh really so i'm gonna give you the abbreviation and you guys can just shout them out what the movie is okay okay so on katie's license plate it is vctn vacation yeah vacation uh, i didn't know he <laughs> point for jack national <laughs> influence vacation all right genie's car says tbc the breakfast club Yep, another point for Jack. Cody, you suck. <laughs> All right, Tom's car says M-M-O-M. Mr. Mom? Mr. Mom, wow, Cody, you, you're not a John Hughes guy. I would have never gotten that one. That's a tough one. <laughs> All right, this is, this is a really hard one. Uh, 4-F-B-D-O. 4-F. Is that Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yeah, Ferris. <laughs> it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> Probably when he said it, I was like, yeah, that's what it is. Oh, um, Shout Cam- out and then my my next part, Cameron's uh, father's Ferrari does not reference a movie, but it does have a word on it. What it, do we know what the license plate says? Deadpool. Out of time. It spells it's nervous. N-R-V-O-U-S <laughs> is his dad's like license plate. Uh, <laughs> that's a cool detail. I like that. Yeah. Cody, you have another question for us? So I was looking at Matthew Broderick's, um, you know, IMDb, and I saw something kind of weird. I'm not sure if you guys know this. Uh, he's actually in one of my favorite movies of all time, The Lion King. And uh, I just want to know, do you guys know what role he plays in The Lion King? I do. He plays either the bird or the other one. <laughs> he, he's Simba, right? That is correct. He is oh, Simba. yeah. Yeah. That's obviously crazy. He's not um young Simba, I don't believe he's a little bit more mature Simba. But mm. that's just cool detail because I was looking at his IMDB. Um obviously he did like the terrible Godzilla movie and uh <laughs> Inspector Gadget, which I kind of like, but I don't think is very good. And then Lion King popped up. So yeah, shout out Broderick. He's got some animated work as well. Matthew Broderick has had a bit of a controversial uh outside life, but we don't necessarily yeah, I didn't want to bring talk that about. up. Don't I need know. to talk about that yet. <laughs> I was going to have that as my question. I was like, ah, I probably shouldn't. Probably it. not appropriate. Yeah, it's good. Good idea there. Um, who says the line, I think we should shoot her? I've got that. Right, give me a second. I think we should shoot her. <laughs> I'm guessing one of his parents just off nothing, but I have no idea. It's the dad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was close. Give me a point there. When he, when he first gets home and the his mom is like, I just had to pick up Jeannie from the police station and she's rushing home and he just goes, I think we should shoot her. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just die every time. Yeah. Great line. What does Cameron suggest that Ferris's job after college will be or after high school? Oh man, I remember this scene. Waiter at something. Something with a V. Cool. Kind of close. <laughs> <laughs> say he's gonna be a fry cook on venus fry cook on venus that's what it was <laughs> on venus yeah 
Cody, you did terrible at trivia today. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple half points. Jack smoked you. Yeah. Jack clearly uh, had a much better showing there, but yeah, props. He is the <laughs> expert. That's what we hope. Fair enough. Yeah. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Who can act? Wow. We'll throw it over to the actor himself. Jack, who can act? I think a lot of these people can act. Um, obviously, Matthew Broderick. He, I, I, I got to say, the whole, the whole core trio, I think, are really good at actors. I just, I, I got to give a shout out to, uh, I think it's Edie McClurg, who plays Grace. Oh, yeah. She is just hilarious. I, I, I don't know. Every, every line she has is, uh, it just makes me laugh every time. And I, she just kind of disappears halfway through the movie. Um, and I'm kind of upset about that. Uh, well, she should have gotten some more justice, some more screen time. But uh, yeah, I, I think th- those are, I, I think most people in this film can act. Uh, but th- those are the ones I want to particularly shout out. I, I back it 100%. I think Edie's a great choice. I definitely th- pretty sure like her role was smaller in the script. And there's a few different lines that she ad-libbed or just like brought a certain energy to that just kind of like forced her to be a bigger part. And I think that is why she kind of disappears in the second half where it's like, oh, it's just kind of like the secretary character it didn't matter. But definitely you're kind of like, oh, we're, we're missing it a little bit. She's a lot of fun when she's there. Shout out Charlie Sheen. <laughs> also a character. We don't need to talk about his outside life. <laughs> I read a thing that like before he did his scene that he just didn't, he, stay, he stayed awake for 48 hours. Yeah, it looks to, like it to achieve the the drugged outlook. Now I don't know if that was the only thing he did, um, but yeah, oh, he, he stayed up for forty eight hours. So shout out Charlie Sheen. He's just a creepy weirdo in this movie, but he's also got that you know electric magnetism that kind of draws Genie in. So it works. I mean, Cody, who can act? Yeah, I do want to shout out a couple of ones. Obviously Matthew Broderick, um, but we touched on him a lot. I mean, funny enough, I feel like the biggest star kind of in this movie is is Jennifer Grey, you know, looking in hindsight of everyone's careers. And I mean, this is pretty early on work from her, but I think she's pretty good. I thought she should stand out um, other than the Charlie Maybe Sheen. Maybe Charlie Sheen. Yeah, maybe Charlie <laughs> Sheen. Charlie, he, he stole that scene, I think. But in general, I thought she was pretty good. Okay, other than, other than Jennifer Grey, though, I think there are a lot of good performances. I would say Grace, uh, as you guys mentioned as well, is, is very funny. I think Scene Stealer. I think there's a lot of just like small characters that that do really shine. But yeah, a lot of people throw out the obvious is Matthew Broderick, I think, though. So big ups to him. Let's move on to who can't act. That's my opinion! I'll get us uh, started with the first one. It's really just my my main one. Uh, I personally don't think Jeffrey Jones as Ed Rooney is very good. Uh, Like you said, a lot of the slapstick stuff is just all over the place. Maybe, you know, that's a little bit... Huge directorial in writing, but he—I just don't think he's very funny there either. Uh, shout out the economics teacher; he's a bad actor too, but he says Bueller really well. And I mean, he was just like an <laughs> economics teacher, so you know, what can you do? And he actually is an economics teacher. Yeah, he, he, he was—they didn't even write lines for him; they were just like, "Just teach, bro." <laughs> so I would say if he was in a real role, he probably would be a bad actor. His voice, I think, is is very very good though. He's up there with like. The Bruce Buffer voice, I think of you know instantly who that is when they say something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and also I want to say about uh, Jeffrey uh, Jones real quick. I don't know if you guys look at his IMDb, but uh, the second thing listed is is the the Marvel classic Howard the Duck. So I wanted to shout that <laughs> out. But uh, yeah, not a great actor evidently because I mean he's an absolutely nothing after this. So bad person too. 
Uh, I do want to say he was in the animated Stuart Little 2003 TV series where he played Uncle Crenshaw. And that show has a 4.5. Yeah, not a good guy, but, you know, we move. I did uh, want to shout out another person, or a couple people, actually. And um, specifically, I mean, I feel like his parents are kind of just in this movie. I don't know if they're necessarily bad, but I thought his dad specifically, the actor's names, Lyman Ward. I've seen him in some other stuff as well, and I think he's a pretty good actor. But I feel like in this, he's kind of just doing like, you know, the continuous, oh, surprise take of, oh, he thought he saw, you know, uh, Ferris. And then he turns back and acts like nothing happened. So I feel like they kind of just give him nothing to do, but like at the same time, it's not the best from him that I've seen. Jack, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with some of the crowd reaction shots for Twist and Shout. I don't know if I, I, I don't really hate anyone's acting in this that much. I, I will say a lot of those shots kind of take me out a little bit, uh, especially the kid who's like covering his ears during the Twist and Shout. <laughs> Um, and the guy who just like just has his mouth open like I, I don't know if you go back and and look for it I don't know some of the guys are pretty goofy but I don't know I, I didn't see anybody that I thought was uh, too terrible of an actor I mean some people have like histories of stuff behind the scenes which aren't great but acting wise I think everyone did fine to really amazing so yeah I, I think this is a pretty solid cast overall so there's there's not too much to harp on, but there there are definitely some funny people in some of those crowd reacts. Oh yeah. Let's move on to the recast. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Cody, who do you uh what are you recasting in this movie? Yeah, so I do have a few here. I'm basically going after the main three and kind of just going for younger, like famous actors of today. So my first one, start off with uh, Cameron. I think actually could be replaced in this role. I went for a young Adam Driver, one of my personal favorite actors. I think he fits this role almost perfectly. Um, sort of like, you know, I think he plays losing his mind a little bit, a little bit well, at least in my opinion. But sort of just like the character growth, I think would be interesting to see from a dis- different perspective. And I mean, from a guy like Adam Driver, who can't really go wrong at this point in his career, a younger, you know, performance, I think would be cool. So I threw him in. Solid, solid. Jack, what do you think? Yeah, so my uh, my recast, I would probably be recasting uh, Jeffrey Jones, who plays uh, Ed Rooney. And I think we've already kind of got a, a perfect, like, slapstick kind of comedian chasing after some kids who are doing maybe what they shouldn't be doing from uh, the hit film Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I think Tim Curry could kill that role. I think he would do a, a, a great job. As we've seen, it, it, it's pretty much a, a very similar character there. Um, I think he could sub in and maybe even do better. So Cody loves Home Alone yeah. I personally love that pick. Oh, All-time yeah. great Christmas movie there. And uh, perfect casting, if I do say so myself. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I thought we were going Joe Pesci from Home Alone too. I thought that was going to be the move. But... That'd work too. Yeah. yeah. I uh, also am going to place replace ed rooney i don't really have a time period pick but i I was like you know what are some other movies about schools and principals and i love school of rock so i'm going to take the principal from school of rock which is joan cusack cody hated on her acting i think when we did that episode but i want i want to see the the female principal 
go in. She's she's going after Ferris. She's trying to take him down, and because nobody messes with Principal Mullins. Thanks. Uh, I think I'd rather see Jack Black or Ned Schneebly uh, in that role over Joe Guzak. But um, yeah, I like I like the thought process, but I think you missed the mark there a little bit. But I do have a couple other picks. So I want to replace Ferris, which is obviously a little bit taboo. But um, who else to, to replace him than a young Leonardo DiCaprio? I mean, okay. we're talking charisma. That's about as good as it gets, especially in a, a child actor, I would say. And then as well, I'll just throw out my Sloan pick as well. Going for a young Zazie Beats. I mean, we're talking about Deadpool. Um, basically, Ferris Bueller is, is Domino, the, the mutant at this point. Uh, the luckiest man alive. So I want to throw in Zazie. Cause, uh, I like Sloan, the actress is good, but I don't think she using much after this either. Um, so might as well throw in a big name and, you know, up the up the box office a little bit. Yeah, yeah the last, last time Cody said, I don't think she was in much. Jack <laughs> dropped a bombshell on us. So hopefully uh, Salone hasn't done anything terrible. We don't, a, we don't a, condone. I, I don't think she's done anything bad. So. <laughs> we don't <laughs> condone anything that may or may not have happened. Uh, I will say, uh, you know, there was a ton of potential castings. By the way, those are both great, Cody. We get it. Zazie beats every episode. She's your new Dave Batista. Congratulations. She's a fantastic actress, so we'll take her. There were some other people considered outside of Matthew Broderick. So I just wanted to kind of throw those out, see what your guys' thoughts might have been. If, you know, what if it had happened, right? So Rob Lowe. Okay. Obviously, you know, outsider's child star already. Uh, Funnily enough, bringing it up, John Cusack. Oh. I like him more than Jones. Why not? Jim Carrey. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Johnny Depp. Justice Richard. It would be a very different tone, but I, I can see that I can see that a little Tom bit. Tom Cruise. I, I'm on board yeah. with that. Just you know, this is like Top Gun time. This is yeah. <laughs> Top Gun Tom Cruise in this movie. I think the year before. Uh Robert Downey Jr. I like that a lot. Eh, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> and then I feel like I mean this is the obvious. Michael J. Fox. If you oh. were gonna do it with somebody else. It'd probably yeah. be Michael J. Fox. That's like number two if you're not going to get Matthew Broderick. Okay. Honestly, getting Michael J. Fox would have probably been a bigger get, but mm-hmm. you know, Matthew Broderick. I do have one more recast, um, only because he has uh, no acting experience, uh, but he does look like uh, Cameron. Uh, would be my co-host on Good Time, Wyatt Metzger. <laughs> uh, if you guys look him up, uh, he he he's. Uh, now gained I, I, so he was already TikTok famous but then he pretended to be Cameron and I think he got like an additional 40,000 uh, followers because of that he just wow. threw on the, the the jersey and people thought he was still a 30 year old <laughs> Alan Buck from 1986 they had no questions and he like played into the bit and people believed it. I mean, if you pull, if you pull up a picture of him, uh, they look pretty similar. And we've had the discussion on the show about uh, recasting uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off before. I got to bring up his pick. I I don't agree with it, uh, but he thinks Timothy Chalamet would be the modern day equivalent of <laughs> Ferris Bueller. So interesting pick there. Yeah, I don't agree either, Jack. No Timothy Chalamet in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I love Timmy, but come on now. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that either, but I like I like Timmy. I'd throw him in, but yeah, probably not. <laughs> All 
All right, let's move on to our rating. You're going to look at me and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong? Am I wrong? Uh, we do do our ratings out of 69, of course. Cody, what are you rating this movie since it's probably going to be the lowest number? Yeah, I do think it'll probably be the lowest, but still not very low for my standards. I'm going to go with a 59 out of 69. Uh, very respectable, I think. I mean, yeah, overall, you said it, just pure fun. Uh, very rewatchable as well. I don't think we mentioned that. But um, something I think I will check out like pretty recently after after viewing it again, which you can't say a lot about things. But uh, yeah, Matthew Broderick, great cast, great direction. Johnny Hughes, love him. But yeah, 59. Jack, what are you going to give this movie? I mean, I've already said it's my favorite movie of all time. So I think it would be uh, disrespectful if I didn't give it a 69 out of 69. Very nice. Very nice. Perfect score. Love perfect it. score. Very yeah. few have been done. We've seen a couple a couple recently. I've been telling Cody we've been having a problem. We've we've been having a lot of good movies. Mm-hmm. I've been struggling staying at the top. I'm also still here at the top. This is one of my favorite movies. Top 10 for sure, I would say probably wow. all time. Maybe maybe like top 12, but I I mean I'm going to go 65 out of 69. So, you know, there's some room, but we got to keep it high. So, this this puts it like right above Moonlight in yep. terms of the podcasting world. Mm-hmm. of episodes we've done that's like right below moonlight and then or sorry right above moonlight and then uh goodwill hunting's ahead of it and uh just you know inception Moneyball, ladybird you know the classics yeah. of course that's very high for you i feel like right now. yeah i i do love this movie there's there's not a lot to complain about and just extremely rewatchable like i said i watched this movie pretty early in my childhood so I think it had that effect like you were talking about cody where it it could have maybe latched onto you a little bit more but yeah, this is a fun movie and it's always good to return to. Let's uh, move on to our second to last category. Uh, we have a pod rhythm. So the way this works for the people that don't know is we draw a card and we talk about it. So what card did we pick, Corbin? So we talk about it, you get 30 seconds. The card <laughs> I picked is get out. Oh, timely which is good because uh it'll lead into our next conversation of recommendations but let's throw it over to the kid who i don't think has seen get out so cody tell us about get out yeah that's correct i haven't seen it funny enough i was actually gonna watch it uh this weekend but i decided against it and uh, watch a different movie but uh wow. yeah this is like on the top of my list to watch just because obviously nope uh just released and that looks bonkers, and I really want to see that. But before, I wanted to, because I've seen Us, but I, I did not check out Get Out yet. So, don't have too much to say on it. I mean, completely honest. Directorial debut-wise, I believe it is an impression, excuse me, an impressive achievement, just like box office alone. So, shout out Jordan Peele. But, uh, yeah, not much to say. Jack, throw it over to you. 30 seconds, Get Out. What do you think? I have also never seen Get Out. Oh, wow. Um, I, <laughs> I am not a big fan of horror movies in general. Uh, although, That's fair. Uh, although I feel like this means more thriller from what I've seen of it. I, it's definitely on my watch list, definitely higher now because Nope is out. Um, I was actually planning on seeing Nope uh, this past week, but because uh, I, I work at a movie theater right now uh, as a bartender and I was hoping to go to the employee screening, but I was actually out of town. So I missed it. I'm going to have to try and check it out hopefully later this week. But yeah, I mean, it looks great. I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture, so it's got it's got to be pretty good. Well, uh, wow, yeah, definitely check out Get Out. I gotta, I can't re- <laughs> recommend it more highly enough. That is also probably a top 10, 15 movie for me. I, I really do love Get Out a lot. I think Jordan Peele is a master of his craft. Us, more horror, less thriller. 
So you you probably both of you guys, because Cody's not a big horror guy either, would probably like it less. Um, but nope, nope is a lot of fun as well. So uh, I'm excited to talk about that. And uh, I listen. What what can I say about Get Out? Realistically, like my my opinion doesn't matter that much. It's a fucking fantastic movie. Go watch it. That's what I'll say. Jordan Peele is is a master of his craft. Let's move on to recommendations. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. I'll go ahead and get it started with Nope. I did see that this weekend. Uh, just one of a couple movies since the last time I we recorded this, but it is really good. It's my second favorite movie that's come out this year. So um, go see it in the theater. It's it's. I, I honestly want to go back and see it in IMAX um, because it, it really is just kind of like a spectacle on screen. It's also very similar where the themes kind of go. So I don't want to spoil anything beyond that, but it's a great experience. Not too scary. I, I think you guys will uh, both be okay. Uh, Jack, what do you want to, what have you been into recently? What do you want to recommend to the people? Yeah. So uh, I, I just said I was uh, on a trip. I went to New Orleans this past weekend and on the plane ride there and the plane ride back, I got to watch a movie. Uh, so on the way down there, uh, I saw the worst person in the world. Uh, thought that was a really good movie. Probably uh, not great to watch on a plane out in the open <laughs> with, you know, people like potentially looking over my shoulder and seeing what I'm watching. And then there's some weird scenes in there that I, I, I was definitely a little uncomfortable about watching in public, but uh, definitely recommend for me. And then the, on the way back, I watched the lost city for the first time. Um, I think it is the perfect plane movie. I think it is built specifically to be watched in a plane. Uh, I don't know. There's just something about like just the simplicity of it. It's pretty fun. It's good. You might forget about it uh, in a day or two, but like it's still a, a very enjoyable comedy. So I, I thought it was overall really, really good. Definitely recommend both of those. Yeah, I've been wanting to check that. I actually heard really great things about that. And especially for a movie that like doesn't necessarily look like it would be that great but it seems like a lot of people were pleasantly surprised by it. So glad yeah. to hear you're a fan as well. We'll throw it over to Cody. Cody, what have you been into? Yeah, not too much. Uh, the one thing I did want to touch on that I did uh, finally get to was uh, the Miss Marvel finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a couple of weeks late on actually, but uh, I liked it a lot. I think Gorbin was a little, a little bit mad. I haven't even talked to him about it, but I think he's a little bit mad about the whole mutant thing, possibly. I'm not mad. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, this series as a whole, I was actually a really big fan of. And I thought the finale, like, landed pretty strong. I mean, you really do understand her powers a lot more. And she is more faithful, like, to the comic adaptation of everything, which I like. And, like, the side characters are so fun, I think. I think that's one of the best things about the show. Like, Comron and uh, Bruno were a couple of my favorite characters from it, which I didn't think going in would would be at all. But, uh, yeah, and, uh, of course, you get the Brie Larson cameo at the end, whatever that is. So, excited for the Marvels. Uh, Captain Marvel's first one was okay, but, I mean, bringing in Miss Marvel, I think, is, is hopefully going to reinvigorate the series a little bit. But, yeah, Corbin, what do you think about that? We still haven't really talked about it. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. We have, uh, I mean, that obviously ended a few weeks ago, but there's been a, a ton of Marvel news over the weekend. Oh, yeah. uh, I will just give us a little, we, we're not going to talk about it all right now. Uh, <laughs> in a few days, we're going to be on the rough cut retrospective again, as we was, as we have many times in the past to do a little uh, fantastic four recast. 
And I think we're also just going to discuss like everything future of Marvel in general. So we're probably going to look at a lot of those updates, but in terms of Miss Marvel, I didn't really care about her being named as a mutant. I don't like, I'm not some like weird X-Men purist, like uh, some people we might know are, you know, overall it, it was like the typical Disney plus show finales. Like, it, like, you know, it kind of just wrapped up. It wasn't super satisfying, but like, Hey, we have an ending. Um, I am excited about, I, I thought the Brie Larson cameo was fun and I am excited about that movie as well. You have a good director, Nia DaCosta helming that you bring in Monica Rambeau, you bring in Miss Marvel. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting story and a story in phase five, apparently <laughs> of Marvel. So I, you know, I think it might be pretty integral to the future of things, especially if they're identifying her as the the first mutant. So, yeah, yeah, true. But yeah, I mean, Marvel's got a lot of crap going on, obviously, and we'll get to it. But uh, I am excited. More Favorite? Was there any? Like, let's just say, was there a, a particular announcement you're most excited for? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, any sort of Avengers movies I'm excited for, obviously, but. I do like the Kang Dynasty a lot. Uh, Secret Wars obviously was coming, but I mean, they teased us before with, you know, the age of Ultron and kind of gave us a mid villain. So I kind of just want to see Kang like just wreck shit up. Uh, Ant-Man 3, I'm very excited for as well, because obviously he's in that. Um, but yeah, just give me trailers for all this stuff at any time and, and I'll probably be happy. But yeah. Jack, have you have you been following any of that stuff at all? You have any thoughts? I have been. I'd say I... I'm definitely more excited on the the film side of things. I I'm kind of getting burnt out on the TV shows. I I, I feel, feel you. Like all of the TV shows would have been better served as movies, except for maybe WandaVision. Like I I feel like they came up with a good story, and then they're like, oh, we need to put it on Disney. They're Plus. six hour movies. That's all they are. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like they all could have been trimmed up and just told in a better, more cohesive story in an hour and a half to two and a half hours like I don't know uh but I mean I've still enjoyed most of them um but yeah I'd say the thing I'm probably most excited for are the two new Avengers films I know we're uh what like three years old dude we're gonna be 25 (laughs) years old I know but yeah (laughs) who knows maybe one of us could be directing or starring in one of those that's hey well yeah that's great they're already the crazy thing is just they i mean they're like already announcing these casts and stuff and some of it's yeah. unknown but there's still a lot that they've already like begun planning and you know oh. things have been a little rocky in the marvel world of late and uh obviously this is a big announcement i think there was more ex- i had more excitement for marvel things than i have had in a long time so i yeah. think that's that's good at least um I thought the Wakanda forever trailer was, was fun, you know? Um, well, not maybe fun, but <laughs> it, it got me excited. It looked good. Ryan Cooler is a good director. It's like a reminder, like, Hey, this guy's actually knows what he's doing. And, you know, Chadwick Boseman is a huge loss, but I, I, if anybody could deal with something like that, I think Ryan Cooler can handle it and figure out a way um, to kind of pull things together. And then the name more stuff is interesting. And I think it's, that's going to have a, big impact actually now we keep saying hey maybe this movie is going to matter but i think namor is is actually going to be significant when you look at things like the illuminati and secret wars that are coming um continuing on you know the russo brothers (laughs) released a movie this weekend called the gray man uh jack did you check this out i don't know if you you got a chance to watch it or not i have not had a chance to see it yet okay and then cody i'm assuming you haven't either no definitely not yeah i wouldn't say uh (laughs) It's the best thing I've ever seen. The Russo brothers post Marvel have had an interesting, I mean, Cherry, I don't think is particularly the best. 
Uh, this movie's a little bit better, but it, it's it's just not my it's not great. Like it's just kind of like a below average spy thriller movie with like famous people, and it's made for a bunch of money. But like you're watching it on your laptop at home, everyone just is trying to be Tom Cruise, really Brad, and they're failing. So <laughs> it, it's a sad state of affairs for uh, Chris Evans, Ryan Gosling. Not in an armis though. She's amazing. I'll say that. So I don't even know if she's in it. But yeah, um, yeah, oh, and Billy Bob Thornton too. He's there. <laughs> why don't you just watch it on your TV instead of your laptop? I mean, I can if you want me to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Actually, you want to? I watched it twice on Sunday. So oh wow! Once on a laptop and once on a TV. So I got both experiences. I believe uh, Ryan Gosling's going to spin off from it though, isn't he? So it can't be that bad. I mean, he's getting his bag. Shout out to him. Netflix is looking for their IP. I don't think they found it here still, but whatever. That's uh, pretty much all I have to recommend to the people. Any any final recommendations, anybody? Go watch, go watch Seinfeld. Good show. <laughs> As always, <laughs> Cody recommends Seinfeld. Go check out Ferris Bueller's Day Off if you've never seen it. It's oh, a yeah. classic. Jack, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. This was a, a real treat. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, I think it was actually a pretty good episode. So, yeah. Might have to come back. Yeah, we'd uh, we'd love to have you on again. It's always good to talk movies with you. Always good to see what you're doing on Letterbox. Um, mm-hmm. Go check out the Daily Show. I mean, that's live noon yeah. next week. Don't quote. Uh, I think it'll be uh, noon as of next week, but don't quote me on that. Secret. Uh... This is top breaking news. Yeah, <laughs> top secret information. <laughs> yeah, go check out Good Time. Thank you for everyone. This is our second to last episode of this. You know, you mentioned season three ending. This is also our season three coming to a close as well. Oh, yeah. Next week, check out the finale of season three. Oh, oh wow. Also this week. Big things are happening. Again, check us out on the Rough Cut Retrospective to talk Fantastic Four casting. Goodbye and have a good night. Stay capping. Bye, everyone. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.